Good morning, ICF Rome family. We are in a new season and we are completely captivated by the Lord Jesus. We're so thankful for all that God is doing. And so today, as you enter into worship, as you lean into the message of the word and the presence of God, I know from your testimonies that God is doing amazing life changes. So I want you to lean in, worship the Lord, write notes and say, Lord, today I want to be completely captivated by all that Jesus has for me. God bless you and enjoy the service. Hallelujah. Okay, let's, let's clap for our worship team for leading us in worship today. And thank you all for being here today. And I'll also like to say a big welcome to our online campus. Uh, today is the first Sunday of the month. And as some of you may know, at the beginning of every month, we take the communion. So I would just like to say a few things before we partake of the communion together. Communion is a holy ordinance of the church. It is a time to individually reflect and examine our hearts. Here at ICF, we serve an open communion, and that means that everyone is welcome to partake. But we follow the scripture in examining our own hearts to be sure that we are in right standing with Jesus. Scripture instructs us that his holy body symbolized in the bread was wounded for us. He took stripes on his back so that our bodies could receive healing. The cup also symbolizes his blood that was shed on the cross so we could have forgiveness of our sins. If you would like to partake in communion today and you haven't received a cup, please raise your hand. If you haven't received a cup, you can raise your hand and someone will serve you. Now, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5, But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. Amen. The Holy Bible, which is God's holy word, teaches us how to receive communion. And we do it in remembrance of our Lord and personal Savior, Jesus Christ. As you are being served, please examine your heart and hold your elements until all are served and I will instruct us to partake. So has everyone received Okay, so 1 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 26 says, For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Let us take the bread together. The Bible says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed unto you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread 
and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Shall we partake of the bread together? In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, The cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink of it in remembrance of me. Shall we drink of the cup together? Now I want you to pray in your own words. Whatever you have on your heart, I want you to say it to God right now. If you need healing, proclaim it right now. Because by his stripes we were healed. And we are being reminded of this promise that he gave to us. We thank you, Lord, for what you did for us on the cross. We thank you for the blood that was shed for our sake. We thank you for listening to our prayers and saying, it shall be done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, so I'd like to say a big welcome once again. And usually, how many of you have already had your, your breakfast today? Cappuccino, the cappuccino squad. Okay. So those of you who haven't had breakfast, um, I'll still want you to pretend as if you've had breakfast. So we, we, we do this sermon together. Amen. Today is, as I said, the start of a new month and... The theme for this month is completely seven. And my message today is simple. Everyone say simple. 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 Yes, my message today is simple. You see, most often when we think about serving God, we think of certain things like, like being an evangelist or being a missionary or preaching or, you know, standing behind the pulpits like I'm doing here. And we tend to put all of that into one box, which is full-time ministry. But you see, the reality is that most of us, if not all of us, not, definitely not all of us, but most of us will find ourselves having normal jobs, starting families, doing other things, but not full-time ministry. And that challenges our perception of what serving means. And then we ask ourselves, how then do we serve God in our daily lives? Because I'm not a preacher. I don't work, I don't work for, for the church full time. So how then do I serve God? You see, a famous woman who dedicated her life to humanitarian services, Mother Teresa, once said something. She said, I'm a little pencil in the hand of a writing God who is sending a love letter to the world. So we all are pencils in the hand of a writing God, and we have something that God is willing to use in his church. Amen. Let us pray together. Father, Lord, I thank you for the word that you are about to bring to us today. Father, I pray that you open our hearts, that we will not harden our hearts, but we will hear 
and apply the word that you have for us in Jesus' name. Amen. So my first point for today is seven is devoting a part of one's life to something. And as most of us know, Jesus' life was full of seven. He came to, he came to the earth to serve his father, and he did so many miracles. He was, he was an example of who a servant should be. Even though he was Lord, he came and he was serving people. And I'm going to, I'm going to t- touch on a story in the Bible, uh, which is found in John chapter 13, from verse 1 to 17. I'm not going to read everything, but I encourage you when you go home during your free time, you can have a look at what John chapter 13 says. And this was when Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. It was getting to his last days of or on this, on this earth. And he knew that the hour had come. He knew it was time for him to go to the cross, the reason he was on earth. And he demonstrated to his disciples that leadership is proved by service. And this is what, this is what happened. So I'm going to start John chapter 13 from verse 1. It said, It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. So this, if you think about it, this was the Thursday. They were preparing for their evening meal as as regular, as, as they regularly did. And then on the Friday, he was going to be on the cross. And this is what Jesus did. Before they ate together, he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin. And he was doing this to wash the feet of his disciples. Now, I want you to understand something. Back in the day, they used to travel by feet or with, with donkeys. So you can imagine when it rains, you can imagine how dirty their feet will be, right? And the, the, the task of washing feet was dedicated to the least of the bond servants, right? So not every servant even does that. It has to be the least of the bond servants because it was seen as a dirty job. It, it was dirty. You are going to wash the feet of other people. But here was Jesus, the one they believed to be their Lord, the one they believed to be their teacher. They saw what he did. They saw the crowds who tried to see Jesus. They saw people who just wanted to touch Jesus. And here he was with a, water, with a basin full of water coming to wash their feet. And Peter, and I like to think of Peter as an Italian, Peter saw what Jesus was doing, and he said, my Jesus, what what are you doing? Are you coming to wash our feet? And Jesus said, yes, I'm coming to wash your feet. And Peter still said, never, my. There's no way that you, Jesus, you are going to wash my feet. I'm not going to allow that to happen. But you see, Jesus explained to them that it was important for him to do this. Also because he wanted to teach them 
that leadership is proved by service. You see, I'm going to read uh, from verse 12 to 17. He went ahead, even though Peter wasn't happy about it. And, and I think of Peter as an Italian because he was very expressive, right? He said what he felt. He said it as it came. And this is what happened. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is who, what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Amen. You see, service is a part of who God is. And, and when Jesus Christ came to this earth, he came to sacrifice himself for us. He came to teach us how to serve people. And how did he do that? He did that by, by laying down his life for other people, for us. And my second point for today is that service is not a performance, it's worship. You see, a lot of times it's, it's hard for us to think of service as worship. We think of it as how do, I, how do I perform? How am I going to do this? How can I excel at this? But you see, serving God, and if you want to have the mentality of being complete in serving God, it's not about your performance. It's about worship. Sometimes, and maybe I'm sure my worship team will attest to this fact, sometimes you rehearse, you come and something is not working. You see, it's not about what you think you can do, but it's about having the mentality that your service is worship unto the Lord. Your worship has to be sincere and it has to be honest, not because of who you are and what you can do, but because of who God is and what he can enable you to do. Amen. You see, when we, I've noticed something about reading the Bible, and, and, and I'm part of, of that group of people. We have certain parts of scriptures we read. So, for instance, if I ask a lot of people, even if I go to the kids' ministry, and I ask, what is in John 3.16? I'm sure a lot of people will be able to tell me what is in John 3.16. But if I ask you, what is in John 3.15? You, you may not remember or know what's in John 3.15. The same for John 3.17, right? Galatians 5, 22 and 23 is a, a popular part of Scripture that most Christians read and talk about because it, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. But today I'm going to read the verses that follow that particular uh, scripture which talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5 from verse 24 to 25. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified their sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So if we keep in step with the Spirit, we step into serving knowing that it's not about what we can do. It's not about our performance, but it's about the directives and the directions God is giving to us 
to perform what he has called us to do. And then my third point today is for you to completely serve, you have to make yourself available. And to demonstrate this, I will invite our bass guitarist, Marlon, and he's going to assist me with this part of the sermon. Now, the <laughs> yes, you can clap for him. Now, the bass guitar is, is one of the instruments that add to, 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 to songs, and we use the bass guitar here. This morning, we've used the bass guitar, and I just want to, matter of fact, when I told him I wanted him to do this, do you know what he said? He said, just the bass guitar is going to sound weird. That's what he said, and he's the bass guitarist. <laughs> He said just the bass guitar is going to sound weird, but I still want him to play something for us today, so please. Okay. I'm sure most of you are wondering what is going on, right? You are wondering, what is he playing? What's, what, what, is, what is happening? Even the worship team is wondering what he's playing. But in fact, he's playing a song he's played here today, this morning. But the worship team did not recognize the song. You see, sometimes some of us feel like the bass guitar. We feel like what we have is not good enough, so we can't serve. But that bass guitar with its melody, together with the other instruments, together with the keyboard, together with the piano, together with the acoustic guitar, it adds to the harmony of a song, and it, it, it completes the song, and, and it adds fullness to that song. So you may be here today, and you feel like the bass guitar. You feel like, just, is it just me? I don't, I don't have what it takes. I don't think I can serve. But you see, whatever you have is good enough because God puts that in you. And that thing you have, combined with the works of other people, will come together to have a great symphony, which will sound well to the hearing of people. Amen. You see, so you may not see yourself as the best instrument in the room. You may not see yourself as the best instrument in your society, but I want you to make yourself available. Les Brown said something. He said, you don't have to be great to get started, but you have to start to be great. It's possible that you feel like, I, I can't do this, and I don't, think, I don't think serving God is something I can do. But you see, you will never know what you can do until you start doing it. Amen. And Matthew chapter 5, from verse 14 to 16 says, your lives light up the world. Turn to your neighbor and say, your light lights up the world. You can turn to your other neighbor. Those who didn't do it, turn to your neighbor. Say, your life lights up the world. For how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's placed everywhere. It's place where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. 
Let it shine brightly before others so that your commendable works will shine as light upon them. And then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. Amen. Other translation says, be generous with your lives. You see, you have something in you that you can use to serve your creator. It may be just the boom, boom, boom like the bass guitar, but you still have something that you can use to serve the creator. The question is, what is it that you have? What is it? Now, my next point for today is that we need to practice hospitality. And this is not, this is not me putting together a sermon and, and writing what I think, but the Bible instructs us that we need to practice hospitality. The Bible says in Mark chapter 9, verse 41, if anyone gives you even a cup of water because you belong to the Messiah, I tell you the truth, that person will surely be rewarded. And then the Bible goes on to say in Romans chapter 12, verse 13, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. So how can your life be of service to someone? A couple of weeks ago, I spoke with um, one of our young ladies who just joined the church, and she had an inscription on her, on her sweatshirt, and it said, how can I serve you? How can I serve you? If you think about it, this should be a question that we have often when we meet other people. How can I serve you? How can your life be of service to someone? My fifth point for today is that we need to learn what it takes to serve God. Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 1 to 2 says, Therefore be imitators of God as, as beloved, beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us as a living sacrifice. You see, a lot of times uh, people say, come as you are. When it comes to the church, they say, come as you are. That's true. We accept it. Come as you are. But the Bible also says that do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourselves, but do as it says. Do what the word says. So you see, um, how many of us here are trying to learn Italian or are learning Italian? Can I see by, by hands? Yes. Okay. 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 So there are people here who are trying to learn Italian. Now think about this. Imagine you refuse to go to school. You refuse to read Italian books. You refuse to come together with other Italians. You don't do anything because you want to be good at Italian before you do that. Think about it. You don't read a book. You don't, you don't move with people who speak Italian. Are you going to be able to speak Italian? It, it's, it's not good. Unless you get divine, divine revelation and... And you speak in tongues, and your tongues happen to be Italian. <laughs> you see, you will not be able to speak the language because you've not made yourself available. You've not, you've not put what, what you have to learn into practice because you've not even gone to school to learn it. So why then do we say, come as you are, 
and then we come and we don't learn anything from the people in church. We come and we don't learn anything from what the word of God is saying. We come every day, every week, we go back home and we are still the same. It doesn't work like that. You need to learn what it takes to serve God. You see, some of us struggle to find our purpose. So it's hard for us to know what it takes to serve God. Some of us also seek the purpose. We find it, but then we fight it. We don't want to walk in that purpose. And unfortunately, some people die without achieving their purpose. You see, my prayer today is that none of us falls in that last category. I pray that you will seek your purpose and you will find it. Amen. I pray that you will find your purpose and you will understand what it takes to completely serve God. Now, even in ministry, excellence is important. And this was the vision of our, our pastor, Pastor Jennifer, and Pastor Rick of Blessed Memory. This was the vision they had for the church. And Pastor Jennifer was talking to us um, a few weeks, a few days ago, and she was telling us about how they had the flag of Ferrari in one of the offices. I've always seen the flag of the Ferrari. I just didn't know why it was there. And how many of, how many of, how many of us here like Formula One? Any Formula? Okay, that's, yes. So we have some Formula One lovers. Those who, those who are not familiar with Formula One, it's, uh, it's, it's just racing, fast cars on a track racing. That is Formula One. So I'm going to touch briefly on the story of Ferrari. Ferrari was started by the gentleman you see on your screen called Enzo Ferrari. He was a Formula One driver, and he, he isn't the only Formula One driver who has gone ahead to build cars, build fast cars or automotive companies. Uh, matter of fact, Bruce McLaren, known for McLaren, was also a Formula One driver. Now, Enzo Ferrari was driving for Alfa Romeo, and he had a vision to start his own car, own car, car company. And he came up with this idea of having a, a nice car, fast, all the design and everything. But you see, the horse that he puts on his Ferrari, the horse that we see on Ferrari today, wasn't his idea. It's believed that a count, Francesco Baracca, who was Italy's top fighter during the World War I, was the one who was using a horse as an emblem whenever he went to war. You see, and according to history, Enzo Ferrari met the, the mother of Baraka, and she said, I'm going to allow you to use this emblem as a sign of courage and excellence, because that was what Francesco Baraka was known for. And so, Pastor Jen was telling us that they have the flag in the office, not because of the love of fast cars, but they have the flag. So when you walk into the office, 
as a leader or as, as, a, as a, a missionary, when you walk into the office, they can refer that to you to tell you, even in serving God, you have to think of excellence. Excellence has to be at the back of your mind. In summary, as I bring today's message to an end, I would like to repeat a few things. But as I said to you, my message today is simple. Serving is devoting a part of one's life to something. Serving is not performance, it's worship. Make yourself available. Practice hospitality. Learn what it takes to serve God and have excellence in all aspects of ministry. Brothers and sisters in Christ, my message today is simple. I know that simple, the way I've written it, will not translate the same in Italian. But I believe that you still get the substance of the message that I have for you today. And I would like to invite the worship team on stage. They are going to help us close today's service with a song which is New Wine. And I want you to meditate on the song as they sing the song. Not just for the melody of the song, but the lyrics of the song. You may be here and you've been part of a ministry. You may be watching online. You're part of a ministry. But today, I want you to say to God that you want new wine. You're bringing your old wine to take up new wine. You're bringing your old fire to take up a new fire to burn for Christ. Amen. And I also like to mention to those of you in the house and those of you watching online who are in Rome that we have a ministry expo as our sister mentioned to us at the beginning. We have a ministry expo happening on the 16th of October. This is an opportunity for you to join a group to serve. And when we talk about serving, it's not always about standing on stage. You could be part of the prayer team. You could be part of evangelism. That could be your work. So I'm, I'm just encouraging all of you. 16th of October, I want, it's good to come to church. I'm happy you are here. But it's even better to be doing something. And I don't mean this church, but just make sure you are doing something for God. Amen. Shall we all be upstanding? So I'm going to close with the verse we have for the month, taken from Colossians. And I want all of us to close our eyes as we pray together. Let your hearts be always guided by the peace of the anointing one who called you to peace as part of his one body and always be thankful. Let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Apply the scriptures as you teach and instruct one another with the Psalms and with festive praises and with the prophetic, prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the Spirit. So sing to God with all your hearts. Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips 
be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, and bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you. Amen. Okay, so you may, you may come to the front as we do all the time. And the worship team is going to lead us in the song. But please Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Say it with me. Praise the Lord. God has spoken to each of us today. And so if you're watching online, we want you to know you're a part of our online family. We love you. We're praying for you. And I invite you right now to make Jesus Lord over all. Will you say this prayer with me? Even if you've said it before, will you let us know if you pray this prayer? Because I want you to know you don't do life alone. We are with you and Jesus is with you. So let's pray this prayer together. Dear Lord Jesus, you say it. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to take full control over everything in my life. I give you all my thoughts, all my decisions, and I ask you to forgive me, redeem my days, and help me to serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, we will accomplish what he has for our lives. Amen. Type in the chat. Amen. And I also want to pray that your miracle is in motion. We have seen God heal cancer. We have seen God heal literally broken hearts that God has restored the heart structure. We have seen God heal marriages. We have seen God restore children to health. We have seen God when someone said they couldn't get their kids in a school, God put them in the best school. So I want you to know right now, I am praying for your miracle that is in motion. I encourage you, type it in the chat. My miracle is in motion because we declare not the problem, but the solution. And God is the giver of all things we need. So Father, right now, for every person watching, I pray that whatever miracle they need, a miracle of healing, that they would experience that healing. You are Jehovah Rapha, our healer. They are needing to be set free of anxiety or worry or depression. You are our peace. You are Jehovah Jireh. You would provide all that we need. God, people that need finances and resources, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are Jehovah Nisi. Your banner over us is love. So today, as we declare, my miracle is in motion. God, we don't look at the problem. We look at the problem solver who is Jesus Christ, and we say, with God, everything is possible, and I will see the answer to the prayer. I will experience the joy of the Lord in the land of the living. That's a promise from Scripture, and Father, we agree with our brothers and sisters today that your miracle is in motion, and it will be complete in Jesus' name. I love you. Write us, send us a testimony. Join us online Wednesday night or on campus and follow the website because there's lots of ways for you to be involved. I love you. God bless you. Have an amazing week.